one quarter in the book. Look at Bob Brock, the great cup winner with the Toronto Argonauts. Fullback, graduate of Queen's University. That game the other night, the Gales played, didn't end till almost midnight. There was a lightning delay. So it was almost midnight on Saturday. They finally got the win over Ottawa. Looked good doing it. They had a pretty good team this year. That is real tough. Whenever it's delayed by lightning, you just never know when it's going to start again. It's really tough mentally to keep keep in focus. We did a game here a few years ago in JJ. Uh, Jeff Johnson was the partner. Oh, my. It, was, it seemed to go on forever. I think it was like a six-hour broadcast. It felt like about a 10-hour broadcast. First quarter over 8-1 Argos. Macbeth comes out on a first down. They'll take over at their own 23-yard line after the punt. 85 yards passing, 4 of 6 for Bethel Thompson. They go tight into the near side and run right up the middle with A.J. Olette. Not going to happen. As a couple of linebackers got in there, both the weak side linebacker Kyle Wilson and the middle linebacker Javon Santos Knox, they weren't fooled at all. That D-line is keeping the offensive lineman off the linebacker so they can they can mop up whenever there's a running play so far. So Coxie will check out. Breskison will check in. The big body of Juwan Breskison. Not saying that Coxie doesn't have it. Coxie 6'3", 200. Breskison 230 pounds at 6'3". Second down and eight from the 25-yard line. We'll run a bunch formation of the near side. Tight end up top. And we had movement. And I think it was Bladek. I think it may have been Bladek. Looked like it was the right side. Dave Foxcroft is the official. I think it was, I guess it would have been left Welch tackle. over there. Left tackle? It looked like the left tackle. Argos. Okay. So it is Philip Blake who got the call. Bladex, best friend, roommate, housemate. Sets him back five at second down at 13 from the 20. Argos moving into the wind. Although the telltales are almost limp in front of us here. A long way away from the Argos who are at the 20-yard line. Back to pass, Bethel Thompson. Dumps it off, he has a lead in space to the 25, to the 30. Still on his feet to the 35, to the 40. And he falls forward to the 47. The human bowling ball. A.J. Olette with a remarkable run for the first down great balance he was he actually didn't go down everyone thought he was down he popped right back up and he did a pinball clemens move he got drilled and the ticats kind of gave up on it three guys hit him santos knox was in there and he just said okay i'm gonna stay on my feet got an extra 10 or so bethel thompson on first down is under pressure gets off one and dumps it out into the flat is that going to be grounding there was a receiver kind of in the area in Curly Gittens Jr. Good job by Bethel Thompson under pressure to get rid of the football, and I guess they're going to say Gittens Jr. was close enough. It'll be second and 10 from their own 48. Yeah, I think it passed the line of scrimmage as well. So Didn't get out of bounds, though. No. So there's got to be somebody in the area. A couple of receivers were kind of floating back there. Second down and 10 from their own 48. Argos up 8-1, 13 minutes left in the second quarter. Bethel Thompson, four-man rush, has a man at the first down sticks. It's Coxie for the first down. Great job. First down, that's what you want. Fans are getting more into it, and I notice they're getting a little louder. One way to quiet them down. 
We're located at the seven or eight yard line. If you're looking at the football field in your mind, we're at the left side of the gridiron here at Tim Hortons Field. We're a long way away from the play. And we would like to see them score a touchdown right in front of us. There's your homer alert from the uh, Argo broadcast crew. Running play again. Olette up the middle. Gets across the 50 to the 46. He's got half the distance. It'll be second and five. Great big hole in that last play. Offensive liner firing out. Giving him more to run with. Should mention Justin Lawrence, who was injured on the play that the Argos scored the touchdown, the 26-yard pass from Bethel Thompson to Ambles. He's back at center. I don't think he missed anything on the subsequent series. Argos on second down, we'll call it five and a bit. We'll send four receivers, including Olette, out to the right. Olette will now come back in and stand to the left of McLeod Bethel Thompson. And flag and procedure and all kinds of weirdness going on. Might be on Speedy B. He kind of put his hands up to the far official on the sideline. Let's find out from Mixed. No, we didn't get a number. Nonetheless, it will be second down and longer. Second and maybe 11. Keandre Smith? No. It was the right guard. Ah, okay. Right guard would be Darius Bladek. Oh. On the 51-yard line is where they will put the ball. Outside of field goal range into the wind, although it's not as strong as it was when we started this game. I don't know how far they'd give Beatty a shot here. Three receivers up top, two to the near side. Olette will now flood the zone to the right side. They come to the near side. It's a high throw, and it's picked off. This could and should go. To the 50, to the 40, to the 30, to the 20, and to the end zone goes Jamal Roll. The ball was tipped and picked, and just like that, the Ticats are back in it. Unfortunate for Speedy B, just went right out of his hands, and, of course, the DB's right there to catch it. For Roll, it's his first interception of the season. And just when there was a chance to maybe get the team out of this in front of a disappointed home crowd, a little too high. And Roll just picked it up and ran into the end zone. The play was there. Would have, could have, should have been caught. Throws a little lower, it works. Rolls in the end zone. Hamilton was also blitzing on that, so I think... Bethel Thompson knew that he had to get that ball off quickly. Two linebackers coming up the middle. So Seth Small will come out with the win. Uh, distance won't be a, product, a problem for the Texas A&M product. Snap is good. Hold is good. Kick is up. Kick is good. Tie game. 8-8. Eight, eight, 11 minutes even remaining in the first half. We'll take the timeout. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. 8-8, the pick six. We're squared, Argos and Ticats. Argos right now 5-5, five and five, first place in the east. Ticats 3-8. and eight. They're, uh, they're in almost desperation mode now and come up with a big play to get back into this game. Well, if Hamilton has any vision of getting in the playoffs, they need to win almost 100% of their next seven games. Well, the Argos... 10 points through 10 games. If they go 500, they have 18 points. For the Ticats to reach 18 points, they have to go 6-1. And, and you have to worry about Saskatchewan coming over as sure. well. Sure. 
But I think from the Argo perspective, it's one team at a time. Right. And the Ticats would have to win today by 25 points to win the tiebreak. So they've got some work to do with points differential. Argo's up by 24 heading into this game. And the Harold Ballard Cup is on the line. That goes to the winner of the season series. Mike Domagala, his kickoff will be taken by Hadel, who will come up and take it at the seven-yard line. Near numbers moving right to left, to the 20, to the 25, to the 30, cuts outside to the 35, brought down there, and it will be a first down for McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Nice wedge blocking up front. We always like to see that. He got right up to the 35-yard line, good return. Tough interception to put on the quarterback on that last one on the pick six. A little high. Coxie got both hands on it. Big target at 6-3. Back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons with Memphis in the NCAA. Only the second guy in that program to do that. So the fifth-year Argo, McLeod Bethel-Thompson. 6 of 10 for 124. One touchdown, one pick. Argos will go tight end to the near side. Kind of a funky formation out to the right. Bethel-Thompson under pressure is going to go down back at the 26-yard line. They wanted to go deep down the middle, it looked like, to Tavares Daniels. He was covered. He was double covered. And that play just did not work. Good, great coverage by the DBs of Hamilton. There was double coverage on when the other two guys were covered as well. No one to throw to. They had Breskison off the line of scrimmage. He wasn't lined up as a tight end. And then they had another receiver kind of in between them. And it's now second down and a long-distance phone call. 18 yards to be precise. Three receivers come to the near side, two up top. Ticats have a 40 front, nobody else close to the line of scrimmage. They'll dump it out to Ambles, who juggles it at the 20, catches it. But by the time he brings it down, there's about four Ticats on top of him. It'll go for a loss of about seven yards. And now punting into the wind will be Haggerty. That was not a good series. No, it wasn't. Hamilton's defense there, they have five guys back just waiting for the ball to get thrown. There was no way they were going to get that first down. So Haggerty will come out for the punt. Third overall in this year's global draft out of Western Kentucky. He's Australian. Two punts. He's averaged 55 yards per punt. I was with the wind. See what he can do into the wind with Poppy White back at his own 42. Poppy White had the big return in the East Final for a touchdown that flipped that game on its head a year ago. See if Haggerty does one of those nose down end over ends no it's a spiral that's going to wobble white comes over to the near numbers at the 39 yard line and will be taken down at that point with a flag down jamal peters the boundary corner made the tackle we'll see what the flag is i didn't see anything on that one no great tackle by peters great tackle we'll see what the the flag is and then we'll take the timeout. and there's some chirping going on Number 11. Illegal block against Cameron Kelly, so that'll push the Ticats back even further. We'll take the timeout. 8-8, Argos Ticats. 8.50 remaining in the half. It's Argo football on TSN 1050. 8.50 remaining in the first half. Mike Hogan and Bob Bronk, former Argo fullback. He's keeping the seat warm for Natea Jade today, who was unable to join us. Argos give up the 66-yard pick six. Jamal Wool 
That has not been a problem for the Argos. Uh, the, the turnovers in the first six games, the Argos were minus 10 in turnover differential. They were even heading into this game. They had been plus 10 in the last four games, including plus 9 against Hamilton in the three games. They played the Ticats. Sort of a jump ball interception last week was it, and the Argos have forced 10 turnovers. They'd love to do one now. Get one now as the Ticats take over at their own 30. And they'll go double tights here to start with Jackson in the backfield, and Newman's going to just take it and run. The quarterback with the 30 to the 35 cuts in. Old Mwamba will get him out at the 34-yard line for a gain of four. Nothing Great. fancy there. I thought, actually, that we'd be seeing more of those kind of plays in the first quarter. Uh, they've been able to avoid that. Um, he's a big man, but they made a great tackle on him. 6'4", 230, averaging 5'6", per carry. Took a quarterback sneak for 30 yards against the Argos here in the, I can't even remember which game it was. Game 10, I think. Week 10. Nice. It was the second game of the four. It all bleeds together. <laughs> too many games and too little time. Second and five from the 35-yard line. Bunch formation near side for the Ticats, moving left to right. Play action, and Newman got hit, bounced off. It wants to go out to the flat, and he completed it to Tim White of the 45. In tight coverage. He shouldn't have been able to get it off. He shouldn't have made the throw, but it's a first down at the 44. Well, he's got an arm like a rocket. He's got very good upper body strength, so you cannot tackle a, a guy upper body. You have to get him lower than that. Trying to tackle him by his shoulder is not going to work. As the fog or a low cloud cover has come in to Hamilton all of a sudden. A very low cloud ceiling here. 8-8, 7-19 remaining in the first half. Ticats first down at their own 44-yard line. Jackson stands behind Jamie Newman. Play action again. Newman looking. Comes to the near flat. He's got the fullback, Felix Gerard Gauthier, for his second catch of the season out close to midfield. Gain of about eight, maybe nine. They'll give him nine. And they're not going to mess around. No huddle. Come up to the line of scrimmage. Fall forward, and uh, second effort will get it. At 6'4", 230. Hard to stop a man that size when he only needs three feet. They've been using that double tight end formation a bit more in this uh, quarter here. Why do you think that would be? Well, the first time they did it, they did a running play. Then they went a show run, and they threw the only two receivers went out for a pass so trying to play with with the Argos in terms of what they're trying to do it's funny though the Argos aren't bringing pressure no they're not so if you're going double tights for max protection against a four-man front and a four-man rush yikes they're not liking something down there and they're going to stick with the double tights two receivers will come to the near side it's a first down from the Argo 54 they show blitz they go up the middle big hole as Sean Thomas Erlington is into the game, he'll take it down to the 34-yard line for a quick 20 and another Ticat first down. Of course, when you run the double tight end, you're spreading out the linebackers yeah. as well and you just need one good block at the point of attack and the running back's gone. Argos, or see, his Ticat's definitely in field goal range after that one, down to the 34-yard line. Argos with their starting four on the line of scrimmage. 
Smith and Ray at end. Oakman and Hendricks in the middle. Starting linebacking course. Starting 12 is out there for the Argo defense. Double tights again from the 34. Right hash mark. Newman has Sean Thomas Erlington standing to his right. Play action again. Gets rid of the football. Tipped and picked. Intercepted at the 25-yard line. Guess who? For the fourth time in two games. Jamal Peters did it again. Unbelievable. We'll take the timeout. The Argos get the turnover in an 8-8 game. Five minutes left in the first half. It's Argo football on TSN 1050. The interception by Jamal Peters, his fifth of the season, his fourth in two games, a tip by Winton McManus. And the Argos dodge a bullet. They've got it at the 36-yard line in an 8-8 tie. Well, those tip balls are a bane to quarterbacks. If you, if you look at last night's game with Cody Bajardo, it's the ball being tipped and intercepted. Very frustrating for a quarterback. Jamal Peters almost got into the record book. The Argo record for interceptions in the game four. Art Johnson did it in 1961. So Jamal is now in a nine-way tie for second place. The last guy to do it did it twice, and it's Orlando Steinauer, now the head coach of the Hamilton Ticats, and new Hall of Fame inductee. Certainly well-deserved. Argos take over at the 36-yard line. All kinds of motion. And they will go right up the middle with Olette, who will pound his way out to the 40, maybe the 41-yard line. So he'll get four or five, depending on the spot. I think there's a slight drizzle starting as well, Mike. The, the refs are drawing the ball after each play, and I think it's a small, it's just starting to drizzle. Two teams who this year have, at times, had real problems running the football. Having to play on a rainy day. Interesting. The plot thickens, as does the cloud cover here at Tim Hortons Field. Second down, we'll call it six from just outside their own 40. Bethel Thompson under pressure again. Roll, roll. Has a man. He's got it close to the first down marker. Gittins had to fall to make sure he got the catch. He was closer to the sticks than they're giving him credit for. So it will bring out the punt unit. He caught it around the 45, but had to come back for the football. So he'll end up three yards shy of the first down. And the proper placement made. Good good spot by the official. The O-line is doing a good job protecting him. There was, there was just no one to throw to. They were all covered. All the receivers were covered. Poppy White stands at his own 15-yard line. Haggerty punting into a little bit of a breeze. Maxime Latour is the long snapper on third down and two. Do you think about a fake from this part of the field? The Argos, if they did, didn't do it. High wobbly kick comes down at the 18-yard line. Poppy White makes the catch. It gets hit at the 18-yard line, and then there's a gang meeting at the 20-yard line. Jack Kassar was in there. Josh Haggerty, no relation to the punter, was the first man down there with the long, flowing blonde hair making the hit at the 20-yard line. So long way away from the end zone. Ticats will run probably one play before the three-minute warning. 3.07 left in the first half. It's tied 8-8. And now we're getting a little bit of drizzle on 
the closed window here at Tim Hortons Field. So you finally get a chance to do a game, and it's a closed window, and we're at the six-yard line. You're a brave rookie. Looks like you're indoctrination. First and ten from the 21. Newman's going to pass. No, he's going to run up the middle. And Enoch Mwamba got a lick at him. Checked up. Uh, McManus got the lick at him. And held it to a gain of seven when it had opened up. And we will indeed take the three-minute warning. 2.49 to be precise. 8-8. Eight, eight, eight. Argos and Ticats in the Labor Day Classic. It's TSN 1050. Argos have made, uh, done a nice job defensively against the Ticats. The only point, so to speak... There was a punt single involved, but a 66-yard pick six. Other than that, Jamie Newman has been held to 53 yards passing. And the Ticats have a team, as a team have, i got to do math here. This could be bad. Uh, 58 minus 2, 56 yards rushing. So you look at that, Bob Brock. It's not a bad afternoon so far. Especially teams have been playing well, too. They, their yes. kick coverage has been playing really well. Their punt coverage has been the best in the league. Their kickoff coverage has been near the bottom. It's kind of odd because they have the same personnel out there for the most part. So, at their own 28-yard line, the Ticats need three yards on second down. Newman will stand in the pistol. He's got Don Jackson standing to his right. They have a double tight end set once again. And they will go quarterback keeper, and Newman will get to the 30, to the 31. He's close. He should have it. If he doesn't, it's certainly going to be gambling time, one would assume, for the Ticats. I think he's got it from the spot. And he's got it. 2.35 left here in the first half. He seemed to like that double tight end in the second quarter here, the running it almost every play consistently. David Beard came out as a tight end. He's an offensive lineman. He'll probably be the starting center here. He was acquired this week from Edmonton cost-cutting move by the Elks but he's just not up to speed yet so he's going to be that extra O-lineman Ticats will line up three in the backfield along with the quarterback and we got a time count violation against the Ticats in the last three minutes that's a loss of down that's a big penalty that hurts that's a rookie mistake they lined up two receivers in the backfield along with Don Jackson and Jamie Newman. By the time they got the guys in gear, the 20 seconds had expired. It's inside three minutes. They're calling it first down. Do the Argos, the Argos must have taken the penalty. I thought that was a loss of down penalty. Maybe, maybe it's just the uh, last three minutes of the so second too. half. <sighs> I gotta get the rule book out again. Must just be the second half. My bad. Bad play-by-play guy. First down and ten, and twenty rather from their own twenty-one. Bye-bye double tight ends. Three receivers up top. Two to the near side. Newman back to pass under pressure. Throws over the middle. It's pick oh. and drop. Oh boy, a gift for Maurice Carnell, the fourth. Hit him right between the three and the nine, and it's second and twenty. The worst place to get hit, right in the numbers. That's why they play DB instead of receivers. Isn't that the old knock? I, well, I don't see him doing any push-ups. Usually when they miss a interception, yeah. he's supposed to be doing push-ups. Oh, he's going to see that one in his yes, sleep. Yes, he will. 
He may have been distracted as one of the other DBs, uh, actually that may have been McManus as well, went back into coverage. Looked like he was going to at least tip the ball. That may have distracted him just a bit. Nonetheless, it's second and 20 with 2.10 left. Clock stopped inside three minutes. Argos now with a 30 front with Shane Ray in the middle. That's interesting. Newman has some time. He's going to dump it off to the 20-yard line to Poppy White. And there is a swarm of White at the 26-yard line setting up a third down and 16, 15 where they mark it at the 26. Out comes the punt unit with 2.02 left. They'll let that pass go every time when it's when it's second down and miles. They dropped nine into coverage. Shane Ray is a defensive tackle. That's interesting. Well, get the three pass rushers out there and see what you can do. Jeremiah Hadel stands back at his own 32-yard line in his first game as an Argo. Domagala stands at his own 12. They're going to let some time go off the clock down to five seconds. A minute 45 left on the game clock. Low wobbler. Hadel catches it at the 38 to the 40 to the 45. Knocked out of bounds just shy of the 50-yard line. At the 48, so the Argos with a minute 35. Into this wind, Beattie from 50. Probably comfortably. So to get to the 43-yard line, they need 12 and... uh, 12 and 7. Come on, you're the engineering guy from Queens. Come on, give me a 19 there. I don't I don't know if that's You don't think BD can hit from 50? Well, remember that one game he was wide and they ran it back for yeah. a touchdown. Back to pass, Bethel Thompson over the middle and it is caught at the 45-yard line. First down Argos, Devaris Daniels on the crossing route. And somewhat surprisingly, that's Daniel's oh, second catch. Check that. Second catch of the half. He had one earlier for five. Inter- First, go ahead. Interesting he's throwing long when they're going into the wind. A little crossing route wide open. They'll mark it at the 44, which would make it a 51-yard field goal. Bethel Thompson now has some time, dumps it off. He's got a man on the near sideline. Curly Gittins Jr. makes the catch, gets out of bounds at the 22. 27, check that, with a minute 15 left. Great scramble route. Quarter, when, when the, a certain period of time you've done your route, you have to change up and see what the quarterback's doing and adjust. Great scam, scramble rule on that one. It would now be a 34-ish yard field goal. So they're definitely in field goal range now, but boy, to cap this off with seven would be a great way to end the first half. Three receivers up top. Devaris Daniels comes to the near side. Coatsy is on the near side as well, who starts as a tight end and bleeds out wide. And MBT going to the end zone is going to be picked off in the end zone. Nobody near that play. Rodney Randall Jr. is going to take it to the 10, to the 15, to the middle of the field. A.J. Olette tries to pop it out, and he does. And it ended up in the hands of a teammate. I think that ended up being a forward lateral. It looked like Olette was trying to pop it out. Randall forwarded it was a forward lateral so they're going to move that back to the 16 yard line but somebody ran the wrong route or threw the wrong route there there was no argo anywhere near that well when you throw into into the wind with that trajectory the ball's hanging up a long period of time so the dbs can adjust and catch that ball so something went wrong on that it's richard leonard who had the pick 
They were looking for Gittins out wide. What happened, Bob? I think the ball was just, he, he, he put too much air under it. Well, Gittins stopped at the 20-yard line and Mack threw to the end zone. So was Brandon Banks supposed to run a corner? I don't know. Somebody was on the wrong page there, or two people on the wrong page. The Ticaps will take over with 55 seconds left at their own 14-yard line after the penalty. Argos can't take advantage of the turnover. Up the middle, Jackson to the 16 for a gain of two. And the Argos, I guess, are not going to use a timeout here. Or they may wait to see what Hamilton does on second down. 50 seconds remaining. It's a second down and eight from their own 16-yard line. If they run a play here, don't throw an incomplete pass. You may think about using that timeout, getting the ball back and giving BD a shot. Pycads are in no hurry. Put it that way. 12 seconds left on the 22nd clock. Down to six. Jackson in the backfield with Newman. Newman is going to throw the football. And it's incomplete, which stops the clock with 28 seconds left. So the Argos don't have to use a timeout. I worry, I wonder about that clock management from the Ticats trying to throw an eight-yard pass. Yeah, even if they did a running play, clocks, clock continues sometimes. I do not get that. And with the leg of Boris Beattie, you're going to get the ball around midfield in all likelihood after the kick and the return. So you need maybe one first down, and you've got, after this play, probably about 18 seconds to do it. Clock will start on the snap. Snap is slow, but it gets back there. The kick will wobble. Hadel will take it at the 46. His own to the 50. Near side to midfield gets hit. And down at the 54-yard line. 18 seconds left to probably get 15 yards. It's doable, obviously. A couple of quick outs. I noticed, too, the wind is actually dying down. Flags are actually vertical, not horizontal. The wind is actually dying down a bit, at least in the end that we were looking at. The way that the Argos are heading, right to left, 8-8 is the score with 18 seconds left in the first half. At halftime, Bob Bronk will juggle for 15 minutes. <laughs> Come back for that. Might not work so well on radio. Bethel Thompson. Three receivers to the right with the ball on the left hash mark, moving from right to left. Back to pass. Bethel Thompson goes long over the middle, and it is pass interference at the 25-yard line. Two flags came out. He was looking for Gittins, and again, they're going to work on Richard Leonard today. And that will put them in field goal range, and there are still 13 seconds left. Bad penalty. He would not have caught that ball. He was not in position to catch that ball. Defensive pass interference, Hamilton number 23. Probably placed at the spot of the foul. First down, Toronto. So you can take a shot to the end zone now. They're in field goal range. Certainly. It would be a 33-yard attempt. Bethel Thompson will send. Banks and Gittins and Ambles out to the right side. And a flag comes out as Orlando Steinauer is going to challenge this one. Take a look here on the replay, Bob, if you can, and let us know if you think this is going to be pass interference. This is a big call. 
My, in, my initial reaction was it was pass interference. Maybe an uncatchable ball. There's Mr. Foxcroft letting us know. We'll take a look here, Mr. Bronk. You're the analyst, rookie. Let's see what you got. I think Gittins did a very veteran move. He kind of slowed down, so he did kind of make it. He kind of sold it. But I think it was legitimately pass interference. He cut inside. And he kind of slows down. Oh, he hooked him. Yeah, that's pass interference. Yep. And it wasn't as overthrown as maybe it looked on first glance. He certainly didn't allow him to make a play on the ball. And there's the hook, both hands around him. But then he takes his hands off him. Oh, that, that's interesting. If nothing else, it should be illegal contact. Is it pass interference, though? Yeah. We're going to find out from Mr. Foxcroft here, who's now that stepping was a quick away. decision. You can't wrap around the receiver. Leonard did, but then he let him go before the ball arrived. That makes it interesting. Did he still impede his progress to get to the football? I don't know. I'm not saying that. I, just, I don't know. And I'm sure that's what they're looking back, back at Wellington Street in downtown Toronto at the CFL offices. Big difference, too, when you're watching in slow motion versus real time. Well, you break it down like the Zapruder film and everything looks like pass interference. So we're still waiting here. 13 seconds on the clock as it stands now. It's a first down at the 27-yard line of the Ticats. And we're waiting. And we're waiting. And we're still waiting. This certainly would be a momentum changer if the Oilers can score seven on this play. Here it is. After review, the ruling on the field is overturned. So no pass interference. Wow. It's an incomplete pass. I'm surprised. That's interesting. So you're allowed to interfere, just not <laughs> at the last second. I'm surprised. He definitely had his hands around. There's no question. In fact, he kept his arms in. Curly Gittins couldn't get his hands up originally because Leonard came from behind him, put his arms around him, and Gittins couldn't lift his hands. And I'm sure Din Dinwiddie's not happy at all, and you can't blame him. So now it's back to the 54-yard line. So the Argos are going to need 15 or so here with 13 seconds left. Ticats in a four-man front. They'll send all four. Bethel Thompson again. We'll dump it out into the flat with flags down. And is that going to be a hold or a hit? Two flags came out. Is it a late hit on Bethel Thompson or a hold? And it's going to be a hold against the Argos. So what all of a sudden looked pretty good now looks terrible. And the Argos are going to need 25 here. I assume Steinauer will push them back. Nope. Number 67. The penalties declined. Third down. So it will be third down for the Argos. Haggerty will come out. They will be trying for the block on this one. You can you can be sure. Haggerty stands at his own 40. Poppy White is back at his own 10-yard line. 
courtesy of Haggerty, is thinking single as the wind has died down, as you mentioned, Bob, considerably. And he's going to kick it to the near side. It'll hit at the 20. Will it take an Argo bounce? Yes, to the 10, to the 9, to the 7. White picks it up, and he'll get knocked out of bounds with zeros remaining on the clock. With no flags on the play, we can tell you that the first half has come to its conclusion with the score Toronto Argonauts 8, Hamilton Ticats 8. We'll break down what we just saw when we come back. You're listening to the Labor Day Classic. It's Argos football on TSN 1050.